Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. You are blessed because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You are righteous because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. People will say, I'm waiting for the blessing of God. God bless me. God bless me. He's already blessed you. With Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell. God does not want to treat us the way that the world does. That's why we are separate from the world. God does not want to do that. And it's hard for us to understand. God wants me to prosper even when I continue to do the same thing over and over again. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Please mold me. Make me who you want me to be. Take away the things you don't want me to be. Take this stuff away and make me be that person, that godly righteousness every day. Now, let's join Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell for this week's Sunday Sermon. We hear these words. There's a couple words I'm going to go over. Righteousness, blessed, and favored. Okay? Righteousness. The biblical standard for righteousness is God's perfection. God's perfection in every attribute, every attitude, every behavior, and every word. All right, so by that, how many of you are righteous? All right, you don't. We're going there. Everybody's hands going to be up. But by that definition, how many of us are perfect? Absolutely none. None of us are perfect. It's impossible for us to. That's why back in the Old Testament, they would sacrifice the animals. They would sacrifice the animals to cover their sin so that God could be in their presence, so that God could stay with them. That's what they did in the Old Testament. And then God sends his only son. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So, Jesus, this perfect, righteous being, exchanged that righteousness for our sin. So that when we stand before God now, God does not see the sin that Chad does every day. What God sees is Jesus. That's what the cross of Calvary did for us. And for those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you are righteous. You are righteous. So now, who is righteous in this house? Everybody, amen? Get them up. Come on. This isn't, no, this isn't encouraging. This isn't no, like I'm coming at your thing. This is you are righteous because of what Jesus did for you. So then we hear people say, you need to continue to pursue righteousness, right? Well, if Jesus died on the cross and I am made righteous by my belief and my following of Jesus Christ, why do they say I need to continue to pursue righteousness? It's because every day we continue to do things and we are to continue to pursue godly righteousness instead of self-righteousness. God, I messed up again. Please forgive me. Please mold me. Make me who you want me to be. Take away the things you don't want me to be. Take this stuff away and make me be that person, that godly righteousness every day, getting better and better and better. Versus self-righteousness, no, I deserve that. That was mine. I can do what I want with it. I worked for that. I can do whatever I want with my money. Self-righteousness. Amen? All right. 
blessed. Blessed. So for all of you political people out there, the biblical term for blessed is Barak. Barak. That doesn't even phase anybody. I can't even believe it. I know my wife and I were laughing about this all day yesterday. It's okay. Barak. Barak means to fill with benefits and to make the source a blessing for others. To fill with benefits. Isaiah 61.9. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. Which the Lord has blessed. Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. This is God talking to Abram. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So back in the day, back in the Old Testament, what they believed is, if I'm blessed, or the way that I judge if God is blessing me or not is by how much money I have, how much land do I have, how many animals or, or livestock do I have. And if I see that you've got 6,000 acres and all this livestock, I'm like, man, God must be really blessing you. That's how they saw it. That's why the kings would always have a spiritual person beside of them because they were trying to receive the blessed presence of God on their place. That's why they kept them there. That's why they did that. Holman Bible Dictionary says this, to be blessed by God was considered the essential ingredient of a successful and satisfying life. Now, the New Testament word is eulogio, and it says bestowing benefits. Bestowing benefits. Bestowing benefits. Okay, hang with me here. Psalms 3.8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Selah. Selah means boom! Exclamation mark. Stop. Meditate. Think about this. Think about what I just said to you before you go to the next word. Think about it. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon, upon the people. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those, Jesus, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The term blessing that's all through this that I'm trying to show is that the blessed, the blessing is upon your life. It's upon your life. It's not something that comes and goes. You are blessed because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You are righteous because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. People will say, I'm waiting for the blessing of God. God bless me, God bless me. He's already blessed you. It's upon you. It's upon you. Now we get the choice to walk in it or to not. The blessing is upon you, which means you have the power, you have the power to overcome any circumstance that comes at you. How many believe that? Not many. Amen. Not many. 
anything that comes at me, if I know that I am blessed, it is on me, I cannot do this, I accepted Jesus Christ, God is on me, he's blessed me, I can overcome anything, then why doesn't it happen? Why don't I see that? Why don't I feel like I'm blessed in everything that I do? If God has given me the vehicle to be successful, why do I feel like I'm not so successful? Or why do I feel trapped in situations that I feel like I can't get out of? I was wondering, have you ever wondered why people so easily accept that the God, the Word of God, that the Bible has been inspired by God? They will accept that the entire Bible is inspired by God. They will accept that God sent his only son to die on the cross for our sin. They'll accept that God wants me to have a relationship with him and that he wants me to be in heaven with him. But then you bring up that word prosper. People don't want to accept. It's hard for us to accept that God wants me to prosper. It's hard to accept that God wants me to be able to receive things, to receive relationships, to be happy all the time, to have full of joy, to be financially rewarded, whatever. You start talking about prosper and something changes in us. Something changes. As a parent, you think about your own child. You know, what do you want more for your child than anything else? You want your child to be happy. You want them to be successful. You want them to have the tools to be able to overcome all these fiery darts that the enemy shoots at them for the rest of their life when you're not there. That's what we want. That's what we want for our own kids. But yet when we talk about God as our father, it's hard for us to accept that that's what God wants for us. There's something in us that blocks us from being able to receive these favors that God wants to give to us. He doesn't want us to be unhappy or lonely, miserable, poor. He doesn't want any of that. And this is what Paul is speaking of in Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We think of God when, God, when we're going through life and things are happening and we think God is going to want to punish us or God is going to want to treat us the way that the world would have treated us if we did the exact same thing. That's what we think. That's what we feel. It's in us. And it's a battle we always have to fight. God does not want to treat us the way that the world does. That's why we are separate from the world. God does not want to do that. And it's hard for us to understand. God wants me to prosper even when I continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. When I continue to fall and fail and mess up, even though I know what I'm supposed to do, he still wants me to prosper because that's not how the world is. That's not what happens in our jobs. That's not what happens in our families. That's our God. God says, 
you are blessed. You are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed. You have the power to overcome everything successfully. Successfully. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it to the full or abundantly. You are blessed. You are made righteous because of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. With that righteousness, you are blessed. It is upon you. The blessing of God is upon you all day, every day. You woke up with it, you came in with it, you have it now, and you'll leave with it. You have that blessing. And he wants to fill that blessed, righteous person with an abundant life full of joy. Full of it. Psalms 84:11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Surely, Lord, you bless uh, Psalms 5:12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Favor, definition of favor, an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. An act of favor beyond what is kind. So it's a good thing for everybody in here that, or for my wife, that my wife doesn't have favor on me because I would have a side-by-side. But God's favor upon my life is amazing, right? It's amazing. An act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. Prayer of Jabez. Prayer of Jabez is two verses. It's in the middle of a bunch of genealogy, we got this, we got that, we got this, all these people. And in the middle of this, 410, 1 Chronicles 410, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. So remember back then, what you had was if you, if you thought you were blessed or not or that was what people felt that was the blessing of God. He says, oh God, oh God, bless me, bless me. So what Jabez did was he put it out there, oh God, bless me. He didn't say with what, he didn't say how, he didn't say when, he didn't say this is what I want. God, bless me, bless me. You believe that God wants the most awesome thing for you that you could never experience. Yet sometimes when we continue to pray and focus on our life, we don't give God enough room on our dream wall for him to be able to do what he wants to do with us. Because all we do is focus on what I think should be happening and I can't see those favors that God is trying to give to this blessed righteous man. We want, it, we, want, we want it to be smaller than who God is. It's God's plan. He wants that blessing. He wants to bless. He wants to bring that favor to us. Bless me indeed. So during this time, this, the land was divided up to all the tribes um, of Israel. And you can imagine, so Jabez is standing here like, all right, here's my lamb. Is this it? Is this really all that there is? 
God, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Do you ever feel like that? God, is this it? Is this what this is all about? Is this all that I'm to be doing? Is this the only thing for my life? Enlarge my territory. Territory, we have to be that steward. We have to be that influence in whatever territory God puts us in. You have to be the influence. That's our part. Because just as somebody said earlier, our gifts are not just for you. Your favors are not just for you. Your favors are for those around you. If you don't believe me, we'll take Jean off the stage, right? Her favor is amazing to my heart every time she sings. It gets me to that place. It helps me to overcome whatever's come at me already. Except when she's messing around in the car. She does weird stuff just to mess with my head. But otherwise, it takes me to that place. I can't look at her right now. It's the renewing of the mind. Is this it? God's like, no, that's not, that's not it. That's what you're seeing right now. That's all that you're seeing right now. Enlarge my territory, God. Enlarge my territory. As the blessed, we receive opportunities and uh, favors every single day. Every day. And some of them may be like very small. And I'm not talking about last year when I got my deer and I shot and I missed. That's not the kind of opportunities I'm talking about. I'm talking about the opportunities where somebody says, hey, ba ba ba," and you're like, what do you do? Or you see something. You see somebody in need. What do you do? You see somebody that needs somebody to listen to them. What do you do? Jay said last week, God's grace is always working towards us. And we are saying, God, look at me. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about me, God. It's like that analogy. I know everybody's heard it, but the guy standing on the island, he's just stranded on the island. He's like, God, send me a boat. God, send me a boat. And the helicopter comes. He's like, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. Turns it away. Another boat comes. Nope, I'm waiting for God to save me. And he dies. He gets to heaven. He's like, God, why didn't you send me the boat? He's like, I sent you a helicopter. I sent you this. I sent you that. God's saying, I'm looking at you. Now, you look at me. You look at me. I'm trying to surround you with favor. I'm trying to give you and give you these opportunities. Now look at me so that you can have that abundance, so that you can be filled, so that I can expand your territory, so that I can fill you with that joy. I've given you the car, God says. Given you the car, let's start driving. God says, I'm gonna give you a car, and then you just put this brand new car sitting in your driveway, and you're like, nope, I just wanna look at it. And you never start driving it. How will you ever get to where you're supposed to be going? We can't, we gotta drive it. So how do we recognize these things? I know there's a child of God, the I am a righteous through Jesus Christ. I have the blessing upon me, not something that comes and goes. It's upon me. That favor to overcome is upon me. So how do I recognize these favors or these opportunities? 
Because money can't change everything. Power can't change everything. It's like, if I can get that job, then I can change everything. If I can get money, I can hire people, and then I can change this. I can do that. Money can't do all of that. Proverbs 22.2 says, favor is better than silver or gold. Favor is better than money. Favor is better than power. So a prime example of this is we were hunting. I say it was cheating, but we were hunting two years ago, and John and I are hiding out. I mean, we're getting up before sun comes up. We're freezing cold, sitting in these things. We know where they're going, and we're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and Gene and, and Jay didn't want to go. And we're like, well, we'll go on our own. They're like, we're going to go drive. I'm like, well, you guys go drive. We're going we're gonna to go hunt, right? We're going to hunt. Then John and I are like, uh, I think we're supposed to, to go. We both, at the same time. Like, neither one of us let to admit that we, were, that we thought we were supposed to go. But then we finally were like, all right, we're supposed to go. We're coming in, and they're like, yeah, we just got one. <laughs> John and I are like, <laughs> you know, freezing cold, what in the world? What did they do? They cheated, okay? So they're righteous by Jesus Christ. They are blessed. The blessing is upon them. They pull out of the camp. Which way, God? Take a left. Take a left. Mile down the road on the right-hand side. Boom. They get it. Like, I told John, I'm not going hunting with you anymore. I'm going to go ride with this favored man over here, and that's what we're going to do. So then John and I went and rode. Next day, which way, God? John shot his. Then Jay says, God, we don't want to do this drive anymore. Just bring him to us because I'm the only one left now. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the favor, all right? I'm the only one left. And we wake up in camp the next morning, step out, and they're right there in our camp, and then I shoot them. That's pretty good favor. That's pretty good favor right there. One that's much, much closer to our heart is sometimes we have to make these decisions very quickly that we know will impact our entire life. And you always question, am I really making the right decision? And the only way for us to know is by walking with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead all of our decisions. That's what this is all about, being able to recognize the favors, being able to recognize the opportunities. So we were blessed with my daughter. We were blessed. And then they say, oh, we got another one coming. Will you take this one? I was like, absolutely not. No. We lucked out. My daughter is the most amazing princess in the world to me. And I don't want anything to mess up. You never know what's going to happen. I'm just being real. You don't know. You don't know what's going to come out of this whole thing. So then eight months later, my wife calls me, says, they're calling. I'm like, we already had this discussion. I said, no. I'll talk to you when I get home. So I get home. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I need to go pray about this. So I went shooting, and I was praying and shooting. And I really felt that God said, I want, this is yours. This little boy is yours. And so I went home, and my wife said, so what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't want to do this. I do not want to do this. I'm terrified of this. But God says we're to do this. And we did it. And he is the most amazing little dude in the world. 
I cannot imagine my life without either one of them, and I am definitely blessed upon my life um, beyond ever. I mean, I can't even speak it into words. But that was a huge thing for me to experience um, because I guess I do try to control things around my life at times. And I, I kind of, sometimes I guess I kind of shorten my territory. Instead of allowing God to enlarge it, I shorten it. And that was an amazing experience for me. So some of these things that God has for us, he may say, all right, I want you to do this. I want you to start this ministry. I want you to open up um, an ice cream shop. I want you to open up an ice cream shop. What do we do then? Let's say, down the road, I want you to open up this ice cream. Or down the road, you have a passion for, for the lost. What am I to do with the lost? Do I sit and wait for God just to bring me the lost? Or am I supposed to do something with that? Am I supposed to prepare for that? Prepare for what he wants to do in me. It's like he gives us that car, then we go sit in the car to drive, but we never fill it up with gas. There's a preparation. If we were hunting and we didn't take our tags, which I have done before, and we didn't take any bullets, which I did before, and we didn't take our guns, how would we ever be successful in that hunt? There's preparation that comes along with that. And God will tell you, I've given you the car, you've been filling it up with gas, now I'm gonna give you the route to go do it. Because just like any coach, if that player has not been trained and practicing, they're not gonna put you in because they want you to be successful. They don't want you to not be successful. See, I don't have time. I don't have time to start doing that. From now on, we're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say I don't have time. What you have to say now is, it's not a priority to me. My wife did this to me <laughs> years ago. It's not that I don't have time. I have time. I have 24 hours in a day. I could fill it with what I think, and I choose what I think is the priorities in my life. If I say I don't have time, I just say it's not a priority to, or priority to me. Because each of us have that opportunity to walk as that blessed child of God all of our life. We don't have to choose the opportunities or the favors. You see that? We don't have to choose them. We can choose them. We can say, yes, I'm taking this. Or we can say, I don't have time. Or we can say, it's not a priority to me. And then we accept how we feel that God is never doing anything for me. I keep crying out, but God doesn't bring me the ice cream shop. I keep crying out, but God doesn't bring me the lost. I'm sitting here waiting, but nothing is coming to me. We get so focused on what's not happening around us that we miss those favors. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's repeating. Psalms 5.12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. It's there. 
It's there. And sometimes it's delayed. Sometimes it's delayed just like in Joseph. Joseph had a dream that his brothers are going to kneel before him, right? They're going to kneel before him. He's going through prison. He keeps getting accused of all the stuff he never did. And within 24 hours, going from a prison, he now becomes second in command. Within 24 hours. And then his brothers do come and kneel before him 20 years later. Abraham promised with Isaac. It's coming. It's coming. Abraham tried to make it happen with the handmaiden. And he paid the consequences for trying to make something happen that God told him was coming in his time. How long later? 25 years before Isaac came to Abraham. 25 years. Moses had to lead the people for 40 years. And can you imagine you're leading all these people for 40 years and the, the criticism that continues to come at you? God, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I think I'm following what you told me to do. I'm stepping into this territory that you told me to influence. Yet, I keep getting broken down. People just keep criticizing me. Four weeks ago, when I was preaching, the second service, I'm not kidding you guys, when I got up to come up here, I totally felt my whole body, I have never experienced this before, my whole body completely bound up, like I was being thrown back and forth the entire time I was up here. I'm trying to pray against whatever it is that's coming at me and preach this message. And I was talking to Jay about it. He's like, you just got to get out. I'm like, I tried. I tried. It's just still coming at you. It comes at you. You're like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm blessed. I'm righteous. I'm blessed. I'm trying to walk in this favor. What is this? But I will be successful. I will be successful through that. And being patient means never changing or wavering, despite what things look like. Jay was told he'd fill a church on a hill. That was like 25 years ago. Now you look up here. Pretty amazing stuff. I don't know why this 20, 25 year number keeps popping up, but that's what they are. Or you may feel unqualified. When I was in third grade, everybody remember those little recorders? Those little things? My third grade teacher told me, don't ever pick up a musical instrument because you have no musical ability at all. That's what she said to me. Oh my gosh. So then I was saving all this money. Um, and I, when I was in sixth grade, I wanted to buy drums. I saved this money. And for whatever parental decisions, I didn't get that, those drums. Right? But I would have dreams that I was walked into a club or something and Metallica was playing and the drummer Metallica wasn't there. And they said, Chad, come on up here. And I get up there and I rocked. I mean, I rocked. I was amazing. Then I meet my wife. I met my wife, and I started going to the church and listening to them worship, and the drummer would fall asleep while he was playing. I'm sure he's a great guy. He was just falling asleep. They said, Chad, hop up there, and that wasn't good, but it was more natural for me, you know? Like, you know those natural things where you just pick something up, but you're not that good, but people were patient with you? Like, I just picked it up. You just pick it up and start doing it. It's just like any sport, any job. You got to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere, and you have to trust that God is enlarging your territory. If God is telling you to do it, he's enlarging that territory for you. And the blessing is on you, and the favors are going to be huge. Don't narrow those favors to what you want. Allow him to take you even further than you ever thought you could go. 
So we have to be all in. You have to be all in with God. You're righteous, you're blessed. But that doesn't mean that you're paying attention to what God is trying to do for you. It doesn't mean you're paying attention. The Holy Spirit will lead us. The Holy Spirit will guide us. The Holy Spirit will help you to be successful in those things that God has promised to us. These are all promises. And you may have to roll up your sleeves and get dirty. You may have to do some work for it. You may not just be, there you go. You may have to do something for that. Or you can say it's not a priority. Every morning, I'm gonna ask you guys, every morning you wake up and say, I am a blessed man. I am a blessed man. I am a blessed man. Holy Spirit, please lead me today. Show me these opportunities. Show me these favors and show me what obstacles or hindrances that the enemy is throwing at me. Show me how you want to enlarge my territory every morning. So as soon as you wake up, you remember, I am blessed. No matter what is coming at me, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Make me sensitive, Jesus, to reach the lost, to do the ministry you've asked me to do, to reach the people around me, for financial opportunities, to encourage my wife, my children, because we are all blessed. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to renew our mind. Just as Paul said, renew my mind to remind me God doesn't treat me like the world does. Though I continue to mess up, He still provides me with the favor as a blessed child of God. Remember, the biggest fear should not be never succeeding, but succeeding at something that never matters. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message. May you have a great week, and may everything you do be blessed by God.